0: No further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to say please welcome David Dyer and Beth Malone.
1: Something absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. This is impossible. This was started. Was it nine? Is nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, grassroots, just a guy with a mission,
2: and it was like lightning in a bottle. The 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 way that it went out into the community so quickly, and how people
3: just wanted to help. We obviously have a major healthcare crisis in this country as it is,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and. Art as a craft and a career is not taken seriously as a benefited profession.
4: And so John is like, Well, what's going to happen to those people then? What's the safety net look like? I don't see one. In a very Molly Brownie fashion, he was like, Well, let's make one then. Mm-hmm.
5: So when this came along, um, this is—it abs- was literally a lifesaver to so many of us, mm-hmm. including myself. Yeah.
6: I know countless people who have been impacted in various ways mm-hmm. and benefited from the Denver Actors Fund.
3: What the Denver Actors Fund has done for this community and several of my very close, very dear heart family friends mm-hmm. is unparalleled. It means
7: community. It means love. Having that peace of mind has been
4: a blessing. This community, this group of people right here in this room, this is like the best of the best.
0: If you want to join that heavenly choir, hurry up.
1: John and I talked about this years ago. Ah, we're going to laugh. One day we're going to get to a million. And it got closer. And it got closer. And and, and we did it. Man. He did it. We did it. The community
8: did it. I mean, it's probably one of the coolest things I've ever done or been a part of. And here we are. We, we've gone over that million-dollar
1: mark that is not money raised. That's money given to people. It's impossible what yeah. it has happened. <laughs>
9: the Denver Actors Fund has been a source
10: of immediate and practical support for members of the Colorado theater community
9: in medical need. Um, As of August, we have helped people and we have raised over $1 million since 2013.
10: we are all part of the same family as in
11: Hosties, welcome to the Denver Actors Fund. Thanks a million event here at Candlelight Dinner Theater. Robert Michael Sanders. It's, I'm here. What's it's, happening? It's, it's about time we have you on the Ghost Sites Podcast.
1: <clears throat> I've heard things, but I didn't think I rated high enough. I, you know you know and what I know some people. You know what it
11: is? It's, um, it's my own stupidity. That's the only excuse. We just don't cross paths enough, Sam. No, we don't. We no, we don't. don't. You did direct a show back in the day with some of my favorite people um, at the Old Avenue Theater Space. Uh, Peter Marullo was involved, Missy Moore, the Eulen uh, Hops, and almost, Jeff A Jesmer. production of Almost Maine yes. at the
1: Old Ave. Have you seen what they did with it? No. There it's, was a picture of a bulldozer um, mowing the whole thing down. No. It's going to be, guess what, condos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Definitely, mm-hmm. like lower income housing. Uh, no. Oh, okay. On Seventeenth, I'm guessing no. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing high high rent condos. Yeah. Uh, so you can live there and walk to any of the forty restaurants on that street with no entertainment. Anyway. Well, I digress. You know, it's it's fine.
11: I mean, they still got Hamburger Mary's
1: up the they, road. They do. Yeah.
11: They do. They do some. They do some shows.
1: But that was a fun, that was a fun, wonderful little theater to get to work at, and yeah, that was a that was a wicked, stellar, a list cast of humans. Absolutely, I, I I watched that show. I was able to go see that show twice during that run, and it was one of my favorite times seeing theater that year. So. Yep, we did. We went really simple because I didn't have to do anything else. It's great, <laughs> Robert. Yeah, M- Michael Sanders. <laughs> theater. How did it happen to you? How did theater happen to me? Yeah. Um, completely by accident. Um, it was something I did. A little bit in high school, mm. and then I left that to go play rock star and be on tour and do all those crazy things. And then I realized how difficult of a lifestyle that was. And you age out at a certain point; mm. uh, those leather pants no longer fit. Uh, the hair starts receding out of the front, and you check out. You're done. And I went. I'm going to go back to do something else. And actually, to come back to theater from uh, shoot 18 years of touring musician. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy Reinking, who was a uh, talent agent at, was it, was it, was it Maximum at that time? Somewhere. It might've, have, might've have been Maximum. I don't remember. She was working with Terry Dodd and some other cool people to yeah. do a production of Town at the wastewater plant way back when. So if you weren't <laughs> here for that, wow! we did an environmental <laughs> production of Urinetown town. And they dragged me into that to play Cladwell because they wanted a slimy, long-haired used car salesman instead of the old Monopoly guy. Mm-hmm. And it had in it, like, uh, Jeff Kent was, was Lockstock, lock nice. and um, uh, Michelle Mers Hutchinson was Hope, and we had some wicked people in that, and we were in a wastewater plant. And it got the bug all reinfected, and that never left it. Wow. Never left it. Fantastic. To you, what does the Denver Actors Fund mean? Ooh, this one's a toughie. Yeah. This is where I had to try to actually hold my shit together. Here okay. we go. Yeah. Um, Actors Fund. So I was injured in 2013. Um, John Moore was one of the people. He, we, he and I actually didn't know each other that well. Like we knew each other, he'd given me a bad review or two. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, A bit down that road. (laughs) Yeah, everyone everyone has. Um, He'd given me one good one. But anyway, I get injured. I end up at Craig Hospital. Mm. Um, I can't walk. I can't lift my arms. Paralyzed from shoulders down. Mm. And who shows up uh, but John Moore? Mm. Because at the time I was in that accident, my wife was doing... Patsy Cline. Actually, she wasn't even my wife yet. Wow, girlfriend. Hmm. She was doing John Moore's directed production of Patsy Cline at Pace, I think. Mm-hmm. Pace or Lone Tree? Um, and he's like, you know, what do we do? Do we cancel the production? Do we these, you know, what are, what do we do? And Megan's like, nope. He's not going anywhere. This is my wife. Uh, we're doing the show. And from then on, John Moore started coming to the hospital probably every other day and talking about things like, why don't we have something for actors for when they get injured why don't we have something in place like you've lost your business you i don't know how much money is this going to cost mm-hmm. uh i ended up with a three month stay in craig hospital that racked up about three quarters of a million dollars wow. the denver actors fund did not pay that no. uh but john not gonna lie john stole a wheelchair and we hightailed it out of there mm-hmm. um broke me free and we talked about stuff and The concept was in place. Uh, Shelly Bordas had already been uh, struggling with her situation. Mm -hmm. And so he 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 made it like he we talked about it and he did it. So from its inception, the Actors Fund has been critical to me and Mm -hmm. the people that jumped on board and uh, donated in a time when I was trying to figure out what do I do next? I can't. Can't really act anymore. I can't I can't play my guitar. What what I don't know what's next. Like what does Robert do? And I, I was able to think about it while I had some some help. Nice. So I it it's uh deeply ingrained for in my DNA. So from that moment forward I have been an ambassador of, been at everything. Now that I get to run town hall, we will always do an actors fund night with one hundred percent going to the actors fund. Um you know, benefits that we used to do, like miscast and things like that. Yeah. If I can raise money for it, we're going to do it. Fantastic. Yeah. RMS, what do you got going on next? Going on next, uh, since I am currently running the Town Hall Art Center, we are doing callbacks right now for Newsies, our holiday show. Um, that's going great. Xanadu is in rehearsals, so you want to come see those things. And uh, so much more to come. Good changes around at Town Hall. And Robert's always got something Sort of in the back that he'll he'll unleash, you know, when the time is right. So love the sound Stay of that. tuned. Definitely. RMS, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, brother. Take care.
4: Thank you all for coming out to support the Denver Actors Fund and John Moore and
0: all of his amazing efforts. Because when you really need help, you really need it. Sort of like This show, I really needed to see you all again. I missed you so much. And the show, it just came just in time. You found me just in time. Before you
4: came, my time was running low. I was lost, the losing dice were tossed. My bridges all were
0: crossed, nowhere to go Now you're here, and now I know just where I'm going No doubt or fear I found my way For love came just in time You found me just in time Change my lonely life that
11: lovely day. David Wool, tell me, what is important to you about the Denver's
8: Actors Fund? Well, you know, actors have a hard life. Yeah. They have a tough existence. They are their instrument, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we musicians, you know, we can step away from our instrument but actors they are their instrument and they're living with it all the time and they live with it in in ways that are uh, that are um uh exhilarating and challenging yeah and um you know it's a real commitment and i just wanted to support you know the the fun so that people can get help that they need and and when they need it and uh, just to kind of be a good team player you know for our theatrical community
12: Carolyn Lore!
13: Oh, hi, Sam Gilstroff!
8: Hi! I just bumped into you
11: here at this this event out of the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse.
13: Oh, Um, what do you know?
11: Yeah, it's called Thanks a Million, and I just would love to steal you for a couple of seconds, and my first question to you is, what does being present for an event like this for the Denver Actors Fund mean to you?
7: Oh, golly. It's been an interesting year for me. Um, A year of transitions and... uh, some unwelcome discoveries uh, health wise. So um, I found out a um, handful of months ago that I have dysplasia. And uh, yeah, and I had kind of capped out on my um, insurance and um, got a bill in the mail for over $2,000. and. You know, I I was teaching at the time, and we all know how lucrative teaching is. Oh, man. It's it's
11: almost as lucrative as being a performer.
7: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. precisely. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was frustrating. I was paying diligently um, on some of these procedures uh, and tests, and I thought I was on top of it. And then this giant check came in the mail, and... um, I I shared this story with a few close friends because it was very personal and I'm not gonna go into details right now, but um, there was some embarrassment, some shame, and some um, fear. And these people happened to be performers and they immediately said, Denver Actors Fund, Mm -hmm. you have to reach out to John. I said, no, not me, (laughs) not me. and they said, Of course, it, uh, you, uh, of course you, this is what it's for. And I, I mustered up the courage to write a draft email to John and uh, sent it off um, after much deliberation and editing and mulling it over. And I got a response almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And he was just so um, just gracious and warm and thoughtful. And he put me first, you know, he was concerned for my well-being first and foremost, mm. and wanted to check in as a friend. And he said, of course, we're gonna try to help you out. And the next day he said, we took care of that. Wow. <laughs> I, it was just poof, gone, wow. you know, this thing that I thought I was gonna have to deal with and live with for months, this financial burden yeah. was just gone like that. And on top of that, he sent another email, reassuring me that if another bill came in the mail or if another procedure needed to happen, he would, of course, be there for me Mm -hmm. again. So having that peace of mind, especially during this transition out of the classroom, Mm -hmm. um, has been a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
11: Carolyn, thank you so much for being willing to share any of that story with us and being with us tonight. Thank you so much, carolyn Moore. Thank you. Have a great night. Definitely. Sarah Foreman. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Tell us, what is your involvement with the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse?
6: Well, um, I started here in 2016. Um, My first gig here was playing Little Red Riding Hood and Into the Woods.
11: Oh, fantastic.
6: Yeah, and I just kind of uh, consistently. Not every show, but I've done an awful lot of shows since then. Mm-hmm. And then very recently, starting with um, Singing in the Rain. So just a few months ago, I got the position of food service manager. Wow. So I balanced that on top of the occasional performing gig. Mm. I'm currently playing uh, the Fairy Godmother in Cinderella. Oh. And we start rehearsals tomorrow for the Scarlet Pimpernel, oh. and I'll be Marguerite. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
11: Well, I, I'm, I'm curious now. Tell me, how important to you is the denver actors fund
6: oh my gosh so incredibly important i mean i i know countless people who have been impacted in various ways Mm -hmm. and benefited from the denver actors fund um personally it was 2019 we were doing hunchback of notre dame here Mm. and um i was going through some weird feelings in my chest i i wasn't able to eat or drink anything without pain i didn't know what was going on i went to the doctor they um they didn't know but because i wasn't drinking water um we went to the emergency room Mm -hmm. they ran some tests they couldn't tell and it was starting to get a little out of hand Mm -hmm. and eventually we found um, a doctor who suggested we do um, an endoscopy Mm -hmm. found that i had very severe um oh gosh what are we like uh, erosion from um, acid reflux. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it it's acid reflux that I wasn't even aware that it was that bad of a thing for me. Mm. So it was very subtle, but it just crept up on me over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they gave me some medication, but because of all of these doctor's visits and ER visits, mm-hmm. trying to guess what was going on, uh, and they also prescribed me medication, guessing that it was one thing when it wasn't. So the bills just piled up, Mm. and at this time, I was engaged to be married, Mm. and we were also building a new house, so all of our money was going somewhere else, Mm -hmm. and we just, it it was getting a little scary there, so that's when we decided to reach out to John Moore, Mm -hmm. and he was able to cover just about all of my expenses, and I just cannot, I cannot thank him enough. That's amazing. And everyone who's a part of the Denver Actors Fund. Yeah. Yeah.
11: What was that first show back from that experience like?
6: A little scary. Yeah? I be, And a lot of it was because I hadn't been eating and drinking as much as I should have been mm-hmm. because it was just that painful. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little shaky. Mm-hmm. I wanted to come back sooner because I just have that drive in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, while I was at home, I was like, can I still do this dance? And it was a little wobbly and... Uh, but when I finally came back, it was it's scary, but really, it, it, it was amazing because I proved to myself that I can still do it, and it was really nice to just be back, especially that show meant so much to me to begin with. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
11: Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Of course. And and being with us tonight and help put on this such a great event for, for two great causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really honored to be here tonight. Thank you so much, Sarah.
6: Thank you. Yeah,
11: you take care. You too. We'll do. Nancy. Yeah, yeah. I see that you, you you donate monthly to the Denver's Actors Fund.
4: Mm-hmm.
11: How important do you feel the DAF is to this community? Oh my God,
3: I consider myself very fortunate that I have not had to tap into it for myself or my family. I know I probably just jinxed myself, but it is in my opinion, the most important organization for actors in Colorado and probably should have, if it doesn't already, have a major national presence. We obviously have a major healthcare crisis in this country as it is. Mm-hmm. And art as a craft and a career is not taken seriously as a benefited profession. Yeah. And what the Denver Actors Fund has done for this community and several of my very close very dear heart family friends mm-hmm. is unparalleled. Yeah. So I,
11: it's it's amazing. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, this this organization that has reached its hands all over this state to helping people in need and found like almost so naturally seamlessly found themselves as as a as a part of these these communities that seem ignored Mm -hmm. almost i i'm really moved by that and i and i feel i get that sense for you as well you say you've never had to tap into it up to this point thankfully when you when you think about what is available to this community without the denver actors fund how does that how does that environment look to you sparse Hmm. um
3: I think of the people who I know specifically who have had significant financial benefit from Mm. the Denver Actors Fund and the very major healthcare that they needed. Mm. I I don't think they would have been able to get that here without the Denver Actors Fund. In fact, I'm quite certain they wouldn't have. And that's devastating because it does affect our ability to work. It affects our ability to live, to survive, to thrive. And we should all have a right to thrive.
11: Absolutely. Yeah. Tracy Kern, thank you so much for taking some time out here at the Thanks a Million Denver's Actors Fund event here at Candlelight Dinner Playhouse.
5: You're so welcome.
11: First question to you, theater. How did
5: it happen to you? So I grew up on stage. My mom mm-hmm. was a dancer, mm-hmm. and so I was on stage as soon as I could walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in dance classes, and my mom, I was in the, um, she would take me with her, and I, I was the little two-and-a-half-year-old in the with the 18-year-olds, and the first time they had a performance, she carried me out on stage, put me in the center, and I did the dance with the seniors. And mm-hmm. they um, clapped for me. And she said she saw me, like, my whole everything changed. And she went, oh, crap, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I have been performing <laughs> ever since. So, my poor family. But <laughs> <laughs> well,
11: yeah, I can... My mom kind of feels the same way. I'm like, oh no, he's got a microphone. Uh huh. This is bad. <laughs> um, tell me, how important is the Denver Actors Fund
5: to you? Oh my goodness. Um, so very important, not just to me, but to the whole community, to mm. have a support system, um, which for so many years we didn't. And we had to, so many of us didn't have health insurance mm-hmm. because we are independent contractors. And so we were scraping and figuring out ways to pay bills that yeah we didn't always know how it was going to work, no. so when this came along, um, this is abs- it was literally a lifesaver to so many of us, mm-hmm. including myself
11: yeah. um, you were present at the first fundraiser the, k- the karaoke event yes w- w- what was getting that together like?
5: Oh my gosh, it was well, first of all, you get a bunch of actors together and ask them to sing karaoke and it it's a little crazy um, but it was we had so much fun, and it was that sense of camaraderie and being mm. like oh my gosh we finally have help mm. and hope um, for when something goes wrong and yeah. you don't know how you're going to take care of it
11: Definitely. Um, if you don't mind would you share a little bit how um, the DAF directly affected you
5: so um, I um, about what was it let's see nine years ago went in for my first mammogram mm-hmm. and they found a lump mm. um, and ended up Thank goodness it was not cancer, but I had to go through several tests and surgery, and um, the bills. At that point, I had health insurance, but it was really, really, really bad health insurance. And so, um, I contacted John, and he's like, "Yes, let, we will help you as best we can." And I was one of the very first recipients, so that mm-hmm. was back when they didn't really have a lot, but they were, they, man, they were generous with what they did have, and mm-hmm. um, and it was, it was truly took a little weight off my shoulders and I could breathe a little bit. And, um, and then to see how it's grown over these years. And then I, I a few years ago, got, um, was helped out again. Mm. I um, was cutting a dinner in my kitchen and I sliced the end of my finger off. Oh, no, cool. Yeah, And ended up um, having several stitches and all the things. And they, um, John was like, do you need help again? Like, mm-hmm. yes, yes you know um, so they helped out with with my emergency room um, giant bill from that so mm-hmm. it's been great Absolutely. to have their help
11: uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that they've been there for you as they've been there for so many of us in this community Tracy thank you so much for taking time out of this evening to spend some time with us thank you Sam definitely have a great night
5: you too. Rain,
13: I used to feel so inspired
11: My first question to all of our guests here on the Mm -hmm. podcast is theater. How did it happen to you?
2: Oh, my goodness. It's been so many years. So Mm. I was one of those little kids that just was always singing and always dancing around and acting. And I think I sang my first solo when I was two. We were at a family uh, reunion, and it seems there was like 600 people there. It was a Mm. big deal. And I saw a microphone, and I said, I'm singing in that. <laughs> and so they put it down really low, and I belted out a couple of Christmas songs and never looked back.
11: Oh, my God. How, for you, has performing changed at all?
2: In the past 52 years? Yeah. A oh. lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been uh, performing professionally mm. since uh, I was 17. Okay. is when I did my first professional show. And I think that there are a lot of changes that are are really good and have been a long time in coming. I really love seeing more inclusivity. Mm. I like seeing different bodies on stages. I like seeing uh, obviously the full diversity spectrum that we want to have in theater and representation. Mm. And I love seeing that start to happen. It's slow rollout. But yeah. it's it's great to see. Um, also, as a female, mm-hmm. uh, I love seeing more women in positions of leadership. Absolutely, I, we just recently uh, hired uh, a female artistic director. Her name is Kate Valley, and uh, I think it will be just incredible to have that, as well as the other two. Um, there's three of us that mm-hmm. are in that upper leadership area, myself as the director of sales and marketing, and Kathy Salami, who's our director of operations. That's so great. It's uh, great to see that.
11: Definitely. Especially, I mean, considering with your position within the theater company here, mm-hmm. where you stand to be making the point to make sure that that space exists for people. Absolutely. It's, I mean, I'm, I, I, that's really cool to hear. I mean, so often it, when that was unsolicited, and it, to me, I hear that and I'm like, that's a genuine focus on like, that's what I want to put into this space. 100%. Those are the type of voices I want out there. Explain to me what you find is most important about the Denver Actors Fund and your relationship with them. It's kind of a heavy question, but...
2: It is. Uh, I've been involved with the fund since the very first event, Mm. which was uh, a little karaoke event at the Voodoo Lounge. (laughs) Um, And there are two people that really stick in my mind. I remember right before that event sitting... I don't even remember if it was, I think it was town hall, but at a theater. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were talking about Shelley Bordas and how we could make this dream come true for her to take her son on a, on a Disney cruise.
13: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was like lightning in a bottle. The, the, the way that it went out into the community so quickly, and how people just wanted to help, and then the next was Robert Michael Sanders, who's a very, very good friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember that too, and feeling so helpless. And what can we do to to not just help people when they need that real financial help, that healthcare and things, and with his, you know, that huge um, situation with his surgery that mm-hmm. was botched. But beyond that, how do we feed into people's lives, like literally feed them mm-hmm. sometimes? How mm-hmm. do we take care of, how do we drive people to doctor's appointments? How can we as theaters help to support and raise money? And we've, uh, at the Candlelight, um, I think we have given at this point over $40,000 that we've collected from our That's audience amazing. members. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really big focus for us. Um, it's really important that we are constantly giving back. and. In that same vein, mm-hmm. we have seen our actors being helped mm-hmm. by the fund. So that is also constantly, I think, on our mind. How do we continue to get this word out and how do we help replenish the fund that is literally saving the lives of the of our actors and Absolutely.
11: our team? When, when you stepped into the role that you have mm-hmm. uh, on the board here for the Denver Actors Fund, what for you specifically, what did you feel was that calling for you? Like You saw this as an amazing process. You knew what type mm-hmm. of impact it could have, and you just wanted to be like a force behind it? Or is it felt like you, something you were always kind of connected to, and it just felt like the natural next step with your involvement?
2: I think it really felt like the natural next step. I've mm-hmm. been involved in several theaters. I was also a professor on the music theater faculty at UNC, mm. and I... I'm also a salesperson. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to say that, but I'm selling people on wanting to give. Mm. And I think you sometimes have to have that personality that you're not afraid to say, give me your money, right? Yeah, <laughs> All that you got. Like that is something that um, we need to do more of because I think people just want to have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. They need to know what it's for and then they're willing to give. Yeah. It's it's uh, It's an amazing thing. I don't think... Humanity is completely lost. No. <laughs> I think that there's so much good in the world, and if we can tap into that, it just gets—it just makes everything better.
11: I think you're absolutely right, especially within the artistic community. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have so many people from all different walks of life who have varying levels of, I don't know, support from where yeah. they come from. Yeah, hundred percent. They can see what needs to be mended in a in a community or whatever. So I'm I'm really it, it's awesome that you, that you bring that up. We're definitely not lost. Yeah. Before we sign off here, a question for you is, um, what do you have going on next?
2: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so here at The Candlelight, we are just starting our 15th season. We're calling it our crystal season because that's the crystal anniversary, um, which is really exciting. We're doing five shows that have never been performed here on The Candlelight stage. Oh, wow. That was really the feedback that we got from our audience members. Mm-hmm. And so we open September 15th with the Scarlet Pimpernel. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an amazing show, and then Irving Berlin's White Christmas, Lerner and Lowe's Brigadoon, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, Ooh. and then we close out next summer with Disney's The Little Mermaid. Well, fantastic.
11: That sounds like an, it's that's an amazing season. season. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing season. Some great titles, and then stuff that is really well done, especially yeah. with your with your hands behind it. Oh, thanks. Dylan Webb, thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Thanks. You yep. too.
0: Someone just came like none I ever saw before, I feel. I feel.
14: I don't know where you
0: came from. I wish I did. I feel so dumb. I, you're so
11: We are sitting here tonight at the Thanks a Million Denver Actors Fund event, headlined by Beth Malone. Beth Malone is in the room with me right now. It's nice to meet you.
4: Hi, Sam. So Hi. nice to meet you as well. We
11: we don't have a lot of time. I would like to get a little um, a little uh, crash course in how theater happened to you.
4: Okay. Well, anyone who's local knows that Douglas County High School used to be the banginest Douglas County. Like was the uh, the hottest. High school theater program in the state of Colorado. And anybody who's from like, um, uh, oh gosh, it's, I, I haven't lived here for so long, Cherry Creek, mm-hmm. they'd be like, no, we're the best. And we were like, no, we're the best. And we had this big rivalry at Cherry Creek. But we had Wally Larson, and mm-hmm. he was our theater Teacher, and he ended up moving up to Highlands Ranch after a while. So there's a bunch of us Wally Larson acolytes mm-hmm. still kicking around Colorado, and um, one of them just came in here earlier, and I met somebody else who who, who had him like 10 years after me in um, Highlands Ranch. So I mean, it's a real thing. Like mm-hmm. Wally Larson was a humongous impact on a ton of people, and he he did it at the high school level. For kids who just, like, didn't have any exposure to anything like this in their lives. I was raised on a ranch south of Catherine, you know. So, like, right. nothing like this was um, accessible to me except for, like, going to the Country Dinner Playhouse once mm-hmm. in a while. Um, and that also was a huge impact on me. Like, going up and just seeing dinner theater at Country Dinner and Playhouse, I was obsessed with those actors. I was... I kept all my playbills, my programs. Mm-hmm. I would read them, every single word, I would read over and over, like, the Bible. And just, like, I remember once I snuck backstage because I, I got a job at Country Room Playoffs Playhouse as a, a hostess. So I was, like, filling the pepper salt and pepper shakers while watching rehearsals and stuff, and I would sneak backstage and, like, read the equity rules. Number one, don't be late. Mm-hmm. Number two, you know, like, <laughs> and I memorized, like, there was, like, ten equity rules posted on the call board, and I was just, like... I'm going to memorize them all, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, I was just obsessed. As soon as I figured out what it was and that it was a thing, then I was like, yes, that's, that's where I should be. I should live there.
11: As your career has evolved, just a real quick question here, have you, have you lost that excitement in any fashion or it seems like it's still kind of embodied in you when you talk about being a performer?
4: You know, it's funny. It's it's like when you get on a bigger and bigger stages. Sometimes, you know, when you get in the grind of the machine mm-hmm. of what that is Broadway and that is like showbiz beyond, yeah. you can forget, you can lose the magic um, that that you that made you get into it in in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's really good to remember, and it's wonderful to come back to a place like this, this candlelight. When I drove into the parking lot today, I got chills. I was like, look at this place that still exists. I just thought like these things were from like a bygone era and they're all gone. And I was like sad and going, God, that's never coming back. That's a real loss for people. And I drove into this parking lot and I was like, well, here it is. Mm -hmm. Here it is. And here are these wonderful seats with a little charming lamp on it and little Mm -hmm. chairs. And they are filled with people. I cannot believe it. It's just um, kind of unbelievable.
11: Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me, how important to you is the Denver Actors Fund?
4: For me, like, I I left this town a long time ago, and so I I got to come back a few years ago just to do the Unsinkable Molly Brown at Denver Center, Mm -hmm. and I got to go to the Henry Awards that year, and I sat there, and I was just like, this community, this group of people right here in this room, this is like the best of the best. And I have a huge... Um, sentimental affinity for this theater community because it's tough to do it. It's tough to make a go of it here in Denver sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not a lot of opportunity. um, And the places that are still up and running, they're struggling sometimes. And then there's a few contracts if you're an equity actor and da, da, da. And then, you know, so you just do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the people who do it just do it anyway because they want to do it, because they have to do it. And they're doing beautiful work great work you know there's some amazing creativity and just inspiring performances across the board all across the front range of the of uh, the denver area and i've seen amazing things um and huge talent and so the fact that john moore cares about your personal lives cares about who's going to take care of you when it all goes wrong because Mm -hmm. it does all go wrong eventually it does. That's mm-hmm. just the way life works. Things go really right, but as right as they go sometimes, sometimes they go that wrong. Yeah. That's just what life does. And so John is like, Well, what's gonna happen to those people then? What's the safety net look like? I don't see one. In a very Molly Brownie fashion, he was like, Well, let's make one then. Absolutely. You know. So that is that is what an activist actually is, someone who takes action and doesn't just go, gosh, I wish there was you know,
11: a fix. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Beth, what aside from tonight's event, thanks a million. What else do you have going on for yourself?
4: Well, this it's been a really strange period of time since COVID. You know, I was doing mm. The Unsinkable Molly Brown in New York when the show suddenly closed and, and didn't come back. Mm. So I moved back to Snowmass with Shelley, my wife. And where we lived, um, you know, just like part-time when we could get in because it's a rental property. And so we'd come in the shoulder seasons and, you know, enjoy the mountains and stuff. But then we, like, moved in there. Hmm. And then COVID went on and on and on and on. And so we ended up buying a house in Carbondale. Hmm. So we live Carbondale adjacent. And then, of course, I booked a TV show. I, I booked a series regular on a TV show. And I was booking a lot of TV that had me running out of town, coming back to Carbondale, running out of town, coming back to Carbondale. I still have my New York apartment. I had a roommate, and then I had, you know, and then I had another roommate and all this stuff. And, and I kept it, and I was so lucky to have kept it because I got to go home mm-hmm. to my other home, New York City, and shoot a TV show all year, and then come home to Colorado. And now I'm directing... Hurricane Diane at uh, Thunder River. I just cast it and I've got a killer cast. Fantastic. Yeah, so I am going to be making theater in Colorado again for the first time in a long time. That's wonderful. Yeah. Shout out to Missy Moore. Yeah, Missy Moore. She's going to just like, she's transforming that place.
11: Yeah, absolutely. She's she's the right person to helm that position.
4: She is. She is. She has got vision and energy and, you know, courage, all the things.
11: Beth, it's been brought to my attention. There's a musical that you're writing,
4: yes? That is correct. Um, I am currently in collaboration with uh, my best friend, Marianne, and I met at Loretto Heights College. All right. So she was an acting major then, and I was a musical theater major, and you know we've been best friends ever since. So I brought this idea to her a couple of years ago, and I was like, I had this idea to write a musical version of Cyrano de Bergiac. But a lesbian version, like a lesbian Cyrano. And so we were like, okay, okay, we're gonna start to write this thing. Then we're like, who could we get to write the music? Who would like, be our like fantasy composer? It's like, uh, well, like the Indigo Girls, wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. So then I asked Emily Saliers because I know her, <laughs> which is also weird. And she said, yes. And so now we're fully in the midst of writing this show. Um, and we are, you know, it's moving um, forward in this really um, you know, it has a life of its own sort of thing. It's called Starstruck, written by Beth Malone, Marianne Stratton, and Emily Saliers of the Indigo Girls. So that is happening. Fantastic. Yeah.
11: Well, yeah. before we sign off, what is that ghost light, Beth, that you wish you had that you'd like to leave on for the next generation of performers?
4: I think it's happening. Mm-hmm. But what I always tell young people is, like, you're enough. You don't have to look outward. To figure out how to be, you look inward, look at yourself, and and lean into what makes you special, and not try to be like this or that. You know, when I was coming up, there was a lot of you know homophobia and things like that. When I was first um, an ingenue and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so it just took me a long, long time, very circuitous route, to like tell my story, to tell the truth of me. And when I did, the whole world just, like, cracked open and opened up. And I, it, was like a, it was like a wild current picked me up and, like, moved me forward as soon as I said my truth in a, in a public structured forum, which mm-hmm. I, I wrote a solo show, and it was just like, well, here's my story. And that just – it really was like a domino that went pink and throom, the rest of it just, you know. It was like that – it was like that, um, you know, the tipping point they talk about.
11: Absolutely thank you so much for your time have a thank wonderful you. evening tonight thank you for being here for us thank you absolutely take care
13: ain't no sunshine when she's gone Woo-hoo! it's not one she's away ain't no sunshine when she's gone she's always gone too long Anytime.
11: Um, I am sitting here right now with Eli Testa and Kira Archuleta. We are sitting with two of the, the main pieces of The Future is Bright. We also got some of their friends and cohorts in the background. We're definitely going to put you on the spot as soon as we can. But I wanted to first thank you for carving some time out of this event to be here with us. And, and I would love to kind of hear about what your group is about. Tell us about The Future is Bright.
9: Sweet. So uh, The Future is Bright is a company that I started in April of 2020. Mm -hmm. And we are uh, and now we started with 21 youth performers. And now we grew this year to 31 performers from all over Colorado. And we're all uh, high school students. Every director, producer, technician and performer are all uh, from 14 to 18 years old. Wow! And last year was our first performance and we raised over $8,000 for the Denver Actors Fund. Oh, my God. So, yeah.
11: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah.
11: <laughs> Kira, how did you how did you get involved?
6: So, I've known Eli since like 2016. Okay. And we've been we've been really close friends since then, and he kind of he reached out and he was like, "Hey, do you want to be in this cabaret?" And I was like, "Yes, that sounds like so much fun." So, <laughs> last year I just ran the marketing, and then this year he asked me to choreograph, and so I've been able to help him as much as i can because i just want to make sure that i'm supporting him as much as he needs because that's awesome pretty cool yeah no i, I mean <laughs> that's
11: that's kind of why i have a producer now I, you know it's important to have those friends that see that you you dive in on something you're passionate about it and they feed off of that that's awesome Kira, thank you Eli. tell me in 2020 why um, i mean your your industrious spirit has got me all like oh shit yeah. Let's go. Tell yeah. me about it, man.
9: So in 2020, honest, not going to lie, I was pretty bored. I mean, we were all I in quarantine. I can't imagine why. We were all in quarantine, and I just, uh, I was really bored, and I've been wanting, even before quarantine hit, I've always wanted to give back to the Denver Actors Fund, because they're, they're a group that had always done so much for, uh, for people I really care about, and so I felt like it was a really special moment that I got to finally create something to benefit them, and... And I just had this idea and I just started rolling with it. And I knew I had a great support system of friends that I could count on to, to let us do it. So uh, it was pretty special. And really, without every single person that's involved, I, I couldn't have done this process. Well, so.
11: oh, that's, I mean, honestly, that's really inspiring. Just I mean, how young are you again? I'm 16. You're 16? Yeah. Just got his driver's license. Yep. And he's already running a theater company, everybody. Um, before we hand, yes, clap it up! <laughs> clap it up, your friend! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before, before we transition out of this, I, I, you host cabarets. Does it go beyond that in how you fund get, I should say, do fundraisers for the Denver Actors Fund?
9: Uh, so right now it doesn't go beyond that, but we have our yearly cabaret, and then we also uh, we do a lot of outreach. A lot of us are involved in the Denver Actors Fund Youth Ambassadors, where we um, kind of help raise funds for the Denver Actors Fund through our schools, because in Futures Bright, we have 11 different high schools involved, And uh, so, yeah, so we we try and raise as much money as we can through that as well. But it's mainly our cabaret every year.
11: Oh, man. Well, congratulations to everyone. Before we sign off, I would like to get everyone's name because I know they're they're a part of this organization. From left to right, just give us your name and you can step into the mic and just say hi.
5: Hey, howdy. I'm Addie McNeil. Hi,
0: I'm Sadie Crane. Hi, I'm Catherine Church.
8: (laughs) Hi, I'm Carter Hogan. Hi, I'm Maddox Campbell.
9: Hi, I'm Cameron Jeffrey
11: Fantastic. <laughs> well, when's your next show? show so
9: podcast our next man. performance is uh, January 6th, 7th, and 8th okay. at the Parker Performing Arts School. And uh, you can buy tickets by... Uh, following we'll us, have, on following us on Instagram. Following us on Instagram at future The future bright bright cabaret. Cabaret.
8: podcast man, Tell them to buy tickets.
11: Buy them tickets. <laughs> Buy them tickets right now for the future is bright. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. Are y'all on the TikTok?
0: We will be. We will be soon. Get on the TikTok
11: already, golly! How is this almost forty-year-old man telling you how to social media? (laughs) Eli, Kira, the future is bright. Have a great night tonight. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate everyone. Thank you so
8: much. Absolutely.
11: Ghosties, we are now sitting with Chris Books. He is a co-founder for the Denver Actors Fund. Chris, thank you so much for sitting down with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, tell us, um, how important to you is the Denver Actors Fund?
8: I mean, it's probably one of the coolest things I've ever done or been a part of. I guess I can't, I can't really say ever done because yeah. I feel like John Moore is really like the like the beacon of the Denver Actors Fund. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no doubt it's something that, among the most things I'm most proud of, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. To have you know, surpassed this million-dollar mark is frankly, more than I ever, ever imagined we were doing when we got started with all of this. Um, I, I count it as a, as a huge, huge point of pride.
11: Nice. You know? um, what type of feeling do you get from the ability to having to put on the Thanks a Million event that we're having tonight at the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse?
8: I just, uh, I, mean, I guess I just feel incredibly, incredibly grateful mm. uh, for, uh, for what this community is, for what this organization represents about our community. Um, you yeah, know, I'm an attorney by trade, so mm-hmm. I live a good portion of my life in the center of, of human conflicts, you know, yeah. and disagreements. Um, and so to be a part of something like this that is just so kind of undeniably good mm-hmm. and, and and pure and simple the way that it's worked out that, you know, John has, has always insisted we're never hiring a staff. He's going to continue to you know, put a lot of this on his shoulders and to trust our, our community of volunteers and donors to help out. And I don't know, it just feels really pure and good and simple and nice. And how much of that do we see <laughs> on a daily basis right now? Right. So very, very, I, I have nothing but good feelings about this.
11: Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for sitting down with us tonight. Thank you so much for your continued work with the Denver's Actors Fund. I hope you have a great time tonight. Thanks a lot, Sam. Dave <clears throat> Clark, you are the president, CEO of the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse. What does the Denver Actors Fund mean to you and this theater company?
14: The Denver Actors Fund is a great uh, organization uh, that that has helped a lot of our actors here at Candlelight that we're aware of. Um, It's something that they've done. They put back, give to the community. It's just a wonderful thing, and we at the Candlelight have been able to support the Denver Actors Fund over the last few years. Uh, I believe we've Us and our patrons have donated over $40,000, to the Actors Fund, and we've had, I think, maybe 60 or so, 50 or 60 of our actors who have been, or our own theater people, who have been benefited by that. So it's just a wonderful organization. We're so grateful that we're able to support and be a part of that community.
11: One final question for you. What does it mean to you to be able to hold space for this type of event?
14: Uh, it's just a wonderful feeling for me. We obviously have this facility. Rather than let it sit dark, why not use it? Why not give back to the community, let them use it, and uh, be able to, to just provide that opportunity? It's just a wonderful opportunity for us. We're just grateful that we can be here and have that, uh, those resources to offer them.
11: Definitely. Thank you, Dave, so much for this evening and uh-huh. for sitting down with us again. You bet. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great night. night. You too. Thank Will you. Do. Richard and Suzanne Zarno, thank you so much. I'm so glad I caught you tonight here at the Thanks a Million Denver Actors Fund event here at Candlelight Dinner Playhouse. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to first say, as somebody who gets to see you often at Miner's Alley, I'm really thankful for patrons like you of these live theater events that we have in town. For you, why do you feel that the Denver Actors Fund is something special
3: Um, for me it's mostly because Richard and I are such big theater geeks and we attend as much live theater as we can Um, by contributing and giving monthly donations to the Denver Actors Fund it's our way of giving back giving the love that the people on stage have given us we give back through Mm. donations to the Denver Actors Fund. That's
11: awesome. Richard how do you feel?
12: Um, we've always been, as Suzanne said, theater geeks. Mm-hmm. and being at the theaters themselves is supporting the actors and helping the actors. But then when we started hearing about the Denver Actors Fund and how much further it took that support, uh, particularly when we first heard about DAF and re- with regard to uh, Daniel Langoff mm-hmm. And when we heard about that is when we started going, this is, this is a pretty amazing organization, and so we started contributing to DAF immediately, and we've just continued to increase our, our support for, for DAF since then. And you know, now we're, we're monthly donors, and, and we're hoping to do even more still to help the theater, and help, help the arts in general. That's awesome.
11: Um, you are you self-described theater geeks. What is it that you love about live theater?
12: Um, it's live.
3: It's live.
7: <laughs> um,
3: just when you're watching something on stage, it's, it's you get so drawn into the story, and it, it's just magical. It, it You can be having a bad day, and you go to live theater, and it just makes your world so much brighter.
14: Mm.
12: Exactly. You get drawn into the story, and as they say, all of your cares just kind of melt away, and you become... You become flies on the wall in, in, a, in a different world. Absolutely. And you just you become part of, this, part of the story. And, you know, silent part of the story, but you mm. are feeling like you're involved with what's going you on. You get
11: to live in that environment.
12: Yes. And you get to experience things that you wouldn't normally ever be able to experience. Yeah. The average person doesn't experience these kinds of stories mm. that, that we, we see and hear and, and such.
11: Well... Thank you so much, Richard, Suzanne, Zarnoff. Thank you so much for being here.
12: It is our pleasure.
13: Thank you. Great to see you.
12: Take care.
11: Brianna Scott, thank you so much for being a guest with us tonight. Well, thank you. My first question to you, you've been one of my favorite stage managers ever. Thorough, smart, dedicated to the group, always put the team first. How did theater happen to you?
13: Well, first it was my Uncle Charlie. Mm -hmm. He introduced me to theater. As a, at a very young age. Yeah. Um, but then I didn't really get into it until high school where my friend introduced me to it when I first came back from Washington. Um, in 11th grade, that's when I first saw the magic of it and I wanted to be a part of it.
11: That's awesome. The Denver Actors Fund, what does it mean to you?
13: It means community it means love the fact that we have this and I mean I don't know if anybody else has this kind of community Um, I'm just so thankful for it it has helped so many so many lives and it's and it continues and I'm so glad that it's thriving and Happy for all my fellow theater people who get to just take advantage of it and and live their best life that they can, you know.
11: Absolutely, Brianna, thank you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Got your back. You. This whole thing was inspired by Brianna Scott. <laughs> now, this is isn't like
4: blood relation to me, but she's part of my family. She's a tough sucker, man. She has really just fought the good fight uh, this year and showed us what grit really is. And guess what? She ain't down yet. So this is for you.
0: I ain't down yet. Sure, I'm tuckered and I not give out, but I won't give in. How can anybody say that I'm down? Look, I'm thinking. I'm thinking very hard how to break through. Maybe here, maybe there, maybe no place. But there will come a time where nothing, nor nobody wants me down like I want me up. Up where the people are, up where the talking is, up where the joke's going on. Now look at here, I am important to me. Ain't no bottom to no pile. I mean much more to me. I'm not eating any sidewalks and hampers like you guys. can break my Me say, uncle. Ha! Don't make a better difference if you keep staying up down till I say so, too. Jared, try stepping on a pistol. Oh, John,
11: we'll, we'll need you as well. Yeah. Hey, hey,
13: hey.
11: John, just, just very quickly. How do you feel being able to be here for this moment in the Denver Actors Fund?
10: I'm feeling very grounded and very grateful I think tonight is a night we've been looking forward to for a long time as an opportunity to thank really everybody in this community who's had anything to do with getting us here to this point. Mm. But having everybody in the same room, a lot of people drove through flooding and torrential rain to be here. And it was very validating. I mean, it just, when I looked around the room and I saw all of those, um, those young teenagers who are taking over the world. And I mean, when you think about a kid who started a theater company to create performance opportunities for young people during the pandemic, and now it's a mission to raise money for the Denver Actors Fund. Yeah. That later this week, the, the um, Denver School of the Arts is doing their annual Drama Dash, which is a bonding experiment that they do, but they do it like it's a 5K, and um, they do it for the Denver Actors Fund. It's going to raise another nine or ten thousand dollars for us this week, and and these things are so self-fulfilling, it just makes you very centered because it it reminds you how much um love and support that there is for this crazy little mission that we came up with nine years ago. And uh to be able to kind of sit back and breathe for the first time in a long time and kinda of go, a million dollars is a lot of money to yeah. so go out and, and help people who would otherwise be in significant medical debt in some cases for years. That you we've been able to kind of take that burden off of them so that they could concentrate both on healing and on performing yeah. and keeping their thoughts on, on healthy pursuits and not fear and worry um, is just the greatest reward of all. So to have a night like tonight when everybody kind of showed up, just to have a good time and, and, and just be able to be together in community and kind of say we believe in this is um, it's very humbling.
11: Yeah. Well, I, I got to say, for, for I don't know if I'm speaking for Dan when I say this, but um, we had talked about the potential merger with these events, you getting to a million dollars of the Denver Actors Fund and us fast approaching episode 100 of the Ghost Lights podcast. And it was really exciting. It was something I was really wanting to get, to make happen, that we could unite these two voices, um, and to just be a part of this evening and to help amplify the cause and the people that it's affected and we were able to sit down with Brianna Scott for a little bit and get, you know, just a couple minutes with her and have an opportunity to meet Beth Malone and just to be here means a great deal. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for everything that you do.
10: Thanks for being here. I believe this is very symbiotic, right, when we had this idea. You're doing something with your podcast that is similar to what we're trying to do with Denver Actors Fund, which is to build community. You're bringing people together you were really doing it during the pandemic and it just seemed like the most natural idea in the world because I'm one of your most faithful listeners Dance and straight. I know that you've been approaching a hundred episodes and, yeah. and I understand the significance of that in the same way that I appreciate the signif- significance of a million dollar milestone. Yeah. Um, so what better way for you to kind of be able to celebrate bringing people together that, you know, both seen and unseen just by loading your podcasts every couple of weeks, um, Than to be able to be in the room with all these people you got to meet more people more people got to meet you but i think one of the most beautiful things for me was going upstairs and seeing just a bounty of denver actors funds recipients all communing together and i didn't know that they knew each other yeah and they have all these things in common but now one of the things more than 500 people have in common is that they've received medical assistance from the denver actors fund and it and it just creates this little family that's getting bigger and bigger all the time. And, um, and I think tonight really felt a lot like a family reunion in a way because of that, because we were all able to just kind of sit back together and celebrate. And I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. I hope that this helps make the, your 100th episode that much more special.
11: Absolutely. I, it, it's, been, it's been quite a journey. I'm really thankful that I got, I got your support, your, li- your patronship. And Dan jumping on board as my producer, it's certainly amped up the quality. And speaking
10: speaking of working hard, yeah, he's been the the listeners don't know how mobile you've been tonight. Oh, yeah. You've been bouncing around from room to room to room. You've been hustling. You know, I don't know if you remember, but when you had me on the podcast last time, we were pretty sure that Dan went to sleep. Yeah, he definitely fell asleep. And this time, he is present. Yeah. I can see him. Yeah, he's laughing. He's he's laughing. It's after nine o'clock at night. Yeah,
11: he's usually he's usually in bed by now. How night. late is it anyway? It's yeah, actually um, this car. phone this this phone doesn't even it's work some, anymore. It's after ten o'clock. It's after night. ten o'clock. You know what we should do? What should we do? Let's have some Cinnabons and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Let's do it, Sam. All right then. We out. Thank Thanks, Ghosties. Dan, yeah, do the damn thing.
1: Absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. This is impossible. This was started, was it nine nine years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, grassroots, just a guy with a mission. Mm-hmm. And John and I talked about this years ago. Uh, we're going to laugh. One day we're going to get to a million. And it got closer. And it got closer. And, and and we did it. He did it. We did it. The community did it. Um and here we are. We we've gone over that million dollar mark that is not money raised. That's money given to people. It's impossible what has happened. Tell
11: us what do you do here for the candlelight dinner candlelight dinner theater?
6: Uh candlelight dinner Playhouse. Oh my god. Yeah. Let me let's take that again.
11: <laughs> candlelight dinner Playhouse. Yeah. All right. Running it back. So they will edit that one for sure or save it for the outtakes afterwards.
4: The outtakes for
11: sure. for son of the... a <laughs> All right. Yeah. She's
4: my sister-in-law's niece. She's, she's fantastic. My, she's my family. Yeah. But you know her.
11: Oh, yeah. She was my stage manager many times at, at, at Miners Alley Playhouse. What
4: did you do there? You're I actor? have an
11: actor. I, w- I was in, she's oh, at least yeah. Crucible just recently. She wasn't on that. But um, she was my stage manager for the Pittman Painters for one night, um, the Night of the Iguana. Um, let's see, The Odd Couple. Oh, my she's gosh. She's been so, and she's Dan, all due respect. She's my first encounter of an amazing, thorough stage manager.
4: Cuz you're a stage manager too?
11: Yeah. yeah. That's where our That's right. It's where hard
4: I'm to That's... get a really good stage manager. Yes.
12: All right.
11: Are we are we good to go? You are good to Fantastic. John? Are you listening to Bill Maher in the middle of my podcast? Listen, man. New rule. New rule. No Bill Maher in
1: the middle of the Ghost Lights podcast. John, these guys have Cinnabons. <laughs> I mean, I just, I was just looking around and I feel that there's favoritism.
10: Sam, do you want to know where theater started for me?
11: <laughs> um, I think, John, the question that...
10: We two episodes of it. I feel like we covered that. that. Do you want got... to talk about Larry Walker some more? Um,
11: no, I think this is the conversation that we need to have first.
10: Oh, uh, okay. But y- you promised Wh- there would be whiskey.
11: Um, n- they closed the bar.
10: <laughs> you don't travel with whiskey?
11: <laughs> not I, I thought if I brought it in here as like <sighs> I'm being ushered into a room, like it might be a bad look.